This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. I'm Sarah Bivens. And I'm Matthew Bivens. We had a home birth back in 2016. So we started a podcast about it. And then grew it into a birth brand to help future and current parents believe in their success with home birth. This is the place to hear home birth stories along with helpful resources and tips to feel empowered and supported in your birth journey. This is Doing It At Home. Welcome back to Doing It At Home. This is the podcast to inspire, educate, and prepare you for home birth. We have hundreds of conversations and stories. We're talking thousands of hours here dedicated purely to home birth. And for you to feel confident, excited, and prepared for that experience. You know, it's these conversations, it's the stories, it's learning from others who have walked the path, it's learning from others who do the birth work, and taking that and allowing that to inspire us to reduce the fear and anxiety and to embrace this life experience and to really normalize home birth and celebrate it, celebrate it. So that's what we are here for, for you. And this is Doing It at Home. I'm Sarah. My co-host is Matthew. And we're so excited to have you here. Thank you, thank you, thank you. How you can support this space and contribute and connect more, you can subscribe to the show. That would be amazing. Hit that subscribe button. You can give us a rating and a review. You can follow us on social media. You can subscribe to our new YouTube channel and hit those notifications because our interviews are now published there in video format going forward. So within the past month, we have converted over to doing our interviews both in audio and video. So you'll be able to watch the interviews on there as well. And then we're also working on getting our old audio of older episodes up there as well. So if you just like going to YouTube for your content or you like listening to your podcast there, you can do that certainly. And you'll also be able to watch our amazing guests as they share their stories and share their wisdom really, really cool. So go check that out. All the links to all those things that I mentioned are in the show notes. And I can't forget the home birth swag, the empowered home birth gear from mugs to totes to teas. You can find that in the shop. The link to that is in the show notes also. Today's episode is how to mentally prepare for when things don't go as planned in your birth with Jenny and Wendy from Pure Motherhood. So we have Jenny Gallard and Wendy Davis, the founders of Pure Motherhood, with us talking about how to navigate the curveballs because that's something that comes up for a lot of us, the what ifs. And so we address that. And in the main areas of some of the biggest potential changes of your home birth could be changing care provider, 
elements of your labor and or birth being different from how you envisioned. And then one of the biggest what ifs, a transfer to the hospital, either during the birth or postpartum. So we go through all of that and we talk about how you can navigate that, how you can mentally prepare yourself for those potential changes and challenges. So quick word from our sponsor, and then we will jump into our conversation with Jenny and Wendy. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hi, Jenny and Wendy. Welcome to Doing It at Home. Thanks for hanging out with us. Yay. Thank thank you for having us. That's awesome. Yes, this is fantastic. I love that we have both of you here today. And we just appreciate you all carving out some time to to kick it with us and talk about birth and motherhood and all these great things. Yes. Yes. We're excited to be here. Can you share just a little bit about yourselves and who you are and what you do? Cause I think that really sets the scene well for why you're here and what you have to offer as far as all of your collective wisdom between the two of you and what listeners can get out of this conversation. Yeah, sure. Um, so I'll take that. Um, so I'm Wendy um, and that, I don't know if it'll still be the same, but that down there is my sister, okay. uh, Jenny. Um, and so, yeah, we're sisters. Um, and uh, we are in business um, for, we've been in business together for a year and a half. Uh, Jenny lives in Florida and I am actually currently a little bit of a nomad living in Mexico. Um, I have a four-year-old son uh, and my sister has two boys, four and, and eight. Um, and Uh, we're, um, just in business to support and educate and empower moms. So we kind of started our businesses, uh, individually three years ago, uh, where I was into products in natural holistic products where I would, um, craft and make the recipes at myself. And my sister, um, 
and this kind of all kind of stemmed from our own um, experiences. So my business started uh, with after my postpartum depression and anxiety experience, and I wanted um, to do better for moms. And so I kind of started uh, tinkering with different ingredients and trying to make products that would, that I wish I would have had during my experience. And same with my sister, um, Jenny, jump in if you want to add anything, but she had a pretty traumatic experience with her second. And um, that led her to feel like that's not fair what we do to moms and how we, how moms are kind of left hanging. And so it led her to become a childbirth educator. Um, And so we had been doing, we had been in business for ourselves and kind of felt like there was something more there. Um, how can we reach more moms? And we were, we, funny enough, everybody else saw our business partnership before we did. Hmm. Um, but so we decided to partner together and a year and a half ago, we created Pure Motherhood Co. And it's a, a company to um, empower, educate moms, um, expecting mothers and um, new mothers. Yeah. And just to add my, um, also my kind of like going into, um, my, the, the birth of my second son, um, I wanted to, I was like, I need to do something. I don't know what I want to do, but I need to do something. And I kind of thought everyone was like, you need to be a doula. Um, and then I realized, oh, um, doulas get called at 4am and, um, no, that's not for me. For sure. <laughs> um, I was like, there's gotta be something else here. Um, but I think for me, it was more, it was a good match. Cause I was like, oh man, if we could educate moms from the very beginning and just get them here, then that sets them up for success. It's not like, you know, too late. It's super, you know, early on. Um, and so it was like a really good match there, but yeah, the doula route, I was like, I will leave that to, to others. <laughs> we love what, what the two of you are up to. I mean, being supporting and empowering and educating, like those are, those are words that we use a lot. Mm-hmm. with with doing it at home so we totally dig it and you know i think that pulling from your own individual experiences and then feeling inspired to create something that supports others is is tremendous so thank you for what you do thank you yeah even even with how um prepared we well especially me i thought i was very prepared for my home birth because I had, I had a witness, my sister's birth. I had gone to my sister-in-law's, you know, birth center, but, um, there's just some things that are still left out even on child, uh, traditional childbirth courses. There's the part the partner is usually left out of pretty much all of it. Yeah. Um, you know, there's just so many pieces that are left out that we just felt like we have to do better for women. And so we want to try to create this um, you know, an environment where we cover, try to cover as many aspects in what your choices and preferences are as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We want to kind of create a little bit of a kind of a one-stop shop because one of the things that we experienced is, um, scattered information. Yeah, It was like, go here for this, go here for that. There's a Facebook group. There's a support group. Ask your midwife about this. Ask your, it was just like, ah, I don't know where to start. <laughs> Oh, this is like too much. And then the information is not even right. Some of the information that we got was actually didn't actually, you know, it helped one thing, but didn't help the other. And it was just, man, if we could just have like this somewhat of a one in like a shop where you can get all the information that you need for birth and postpartum and beyond. And that just, you know, we don't want to be 
confused when we're when we're pregnant. There's just so much that is already going on. We don't want to be confused and um, and overwhelmed. It's probably and actually a little bit underwhelmed. We felt too like there was just like a little bit of both that we were just like, man, there's so much more we should be you know getting and doing. And then it was also kind of like overwhelming. So mm-hmm. yeah. One of the main things we're going to focus on in this conversation is how to mentally pivot when things don't go the way that you planned. And that's such a great conversation because with a lot of things related to pregnancy and birth, I believe plans, intentions, visions, however you kind of want to relate to or refer to that, I think is great. I think very much go into something intentional with the understanding that things can pop up, which you don't know, you don't know can happen. Life is what it is. So there is that. And I know there's a lot of, of questions that come up in the community, fears, the let's call them what ifs. Sometimes the what ifs can pop up. And why I love we're talking about this with you all today is just the collective experience between the two of you. You know, Wendy, you shared you had a planned home birth and an eventual transfer. And then Jenny, you had an unplanned sea birth followed by a planned H back, which resulted in a transfer as well. So the perspective that you both bring to this, because one of the top what ifs that comes up in the home birth community is what if I transfer and how will I handle that? So we're going to get into that in a minute. But before we get into that um, juicy nugget of the conversation, let's step back a bit and think about some of the unplanned things that could pop up even before that, one of which being care provider shift. Um, and that could be for a multitude of reasons. It could be, that's your desire. It could be insurance. It could be risk factors. Like there are a lot of things that could come up there, but I would just love if between the two of you could speak to mentally pivoting because just saying that you actually, I get a visual in my mind of, okay, I need to go this way. I was going to go this way, but now I need to go this way. So how do you help moms go this way when you wanted to go that way, especially with care provider? Jenny's yeah. probably the perfect person to answer this question because she actually had to fire her provider at like 30 something weeks. Oh, wow. yeah. Wendy and I were chatting about that. I was just like, oh my God, kind of bring me, brings me back. But yes, I, um, I had to, I was, I got the, um, the, had the OB that I had just because that's who I knew he, it's who I saw. And I was like, oh, okay, this is, you know, going to be my provider. Um, And then I started realizing red flags. I was like, oh God, he's not supporting my decisions. He doesn't really, you know, do um, VBACs. Like all these things started coming up and my anxiety was like through the roof. I was like, what do I do? And it was super scary because um, when I, I I did realize like, okay, we, I'm going to have to move over to, you know, another birth plan. Um, And so what I started thinking about was, um, it just felt so overwhelming, like now what? And then I started real, I started actually um, researching and finding things out like, oh, in the state of Florida, I think this is still accurate. You cannot have AV back in a birth center. So that already took away that option for me. And I I felt like, okay, if I can go from the OB to a birth center, that's a little bit of not as much of a stretch, but going from an OB to a home birth, holy, like that was a whole nother level that I was not ready for. Um, And so it was, it was pretty scary. I just, I knew that I was like, okay, this is not going to be 
um, I'm not going to get a shot at my VBAC with this guy is basically what it came down to. Yeah. I was like, I'm not going to get a shot. Even just a chance at it is all I wanted really at the, at the very beginning. And this is not going to happen with this guy. So what are my other options? And so that's when I started doing research and I started um, getting into support groups and talking to other moms. We have a, a local VBAC support group here, which I'm sure it's in other places. Um, and they were super helpful to make me realize like, you know, oh, he's saying this more. It's not that he doesn't do VBACs. It's more about um, the liability. And so I started learning like, oh, okay. And so through them, and really how I found referrals, you know, like one of our biggest tips is to find referrals from other moms, you know, like, um, uh, you know, independent um, uh, midwives, or, you know, if you are, if you are going to go to a birth center, like start talking to other moms and start kind of interviewing these people um, to see if, you know, you vibe with them. Because um, I will say, I mean, I, I don't um, recommend anybody switching providers at like 36, 37 weeks, but you can do it. Mm. That's one yeah. thing you can fire your OB and you can say, you know what, this is not a good fit. Um, I'm going to, you know, go a different route. Um, that's, that's totally, totally okay. Yeah. And I think, um, at the end of the day, they work for you and, you yeah. know, and, um, I think women don't realize that a lot mm. of the time. And I think in kind of to Jenny's point, um, she picked her OB because that's who she used to do her annual visits with. Yeah. And so it was just like, that's who I have to go to. She didn't even realize, and most women don't realize that I can actually interview OBs if that's the route that I'm going to go with, or I can interview midwives, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Two questions for you. Um, what, okay, so you chose the, you found, excuse me, a support group. How did you find the support group? Yeah. So I, I went, um, I think I just went like on Facebook. I might've asked someone else and they kind of told me about it. And, um, I think I just started, I'm a researcher. So I think I just started okay. going online, going crazy, looking for things. Um, and yeah. then I just kind of came across, I think I came across like the big, um, I can like the international yes. uh, okay. section where, yeah. So it was like from there, I started going kind of down and down and down and realized, okay, there's a small support group that I can start there. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. And then second question is, uh, you know, to help the person who kind of feels iffy about their OB, what are some of the, the ways that they can know that, yes, I'm going to, this is the person I need to stick with, or no, this is actually the time for me to make that change because you, you got to that point and then, you know, of course you have to have those, those, those conversations, but how did you get to that point and how do you, how would you help somebody who's feeling kind of iffy about their OB? Yeah. Um, one of the things that we, we're, our whole, um, like motto is plan, 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 right? Obviously, you know, babies don't read birth plans. We say that all the time. <laughs> Things don't go to plan, but plan as much as you can, you know? And so um, plan, like um, when you're deciding your birth preferences, we would recommend to plan that as early in, in advance because that's when um, things will be uncovered that you will realize that your OB might not, you know, be okay with. So if you're, if you're planning out your birth plan or your birth preferences or however you, you, whatever you call it, you should review that birth plan with your provider. And that will, you know, reveal 
any items that they're like, well, I'm not, I'm not comfortable with that. Well, um, this is what I, this, this is my preference. So is this not going to be a good match? Is this not going to be a good relationship? That's when, so if you do that early enough, if you do that at 30 weeks, and I know that that's, you know, it's, it's very uncommon to do that early. It's more common to do that, like a few weeks before your, you know, due date, um, or guesstimate date. Um, so it's, it's, but the earlier you do it, the better off that you will be. Because if you do uncover these mismatches, you have plenty of time to actually find an alternate provider. Right. Because if you do that early on, like at 20, you know, like second trimester or something, then you can easily move if you need to. But yeah. I didn't get to do that. So I had to do it super late. And um, yeah, and that's the whole point of a birth plan. It's not you know, I'm going to do this birth plan because this is the way it's going to go. That's literally right there. What it is, knowing your options, feeling educated and empowered. Now going to your provider and saying, I know my options. I researched it. I know the evidence behind all this. How do you feel about this? And it's like, oh, okay. I guess we are not on the same page. <laughs> and if, if you do it early enough, you won't find, feel that, you know, overwhelming that spiral of like, holy crap, yeah. I am a few weeks away from birth what am I going to do now? Mm -hmm. You know, if you have plenty of weeks in advance, you won't, obviously you'll still be freaking out because let's be real. It's just going to happen, but you'll, you'll freak out probably a little bit less. Yeah. Yeah. And side note for my, my fellow recovering people pleasers. I know too, the farther you get into the relationship, you might feel guilty about, or you, you get worried about conflict. Also people who are conflict averse, I totally get that. And so it feels awkward and uncomfortable the further you get into this thing. Like I've invested with this person or I don't, I don't want to feel like I'm being judged or, or feel like I'm doing something wrong. If, should you, you know, be breaking up with an OB later, like third trimester, uh, timeframe. So yeah, get those hard questions and, and, and standards out as soon as possible. I'm all about that. And I think that's a really great space for the partner or the husband to be able to step in and support, you know, especially if you know that your partner doesn't like conflict or this, this is a tough thing. If the two of you are on the same page with the birth intentions or the birth plan, and then they can step in and say, Hey, and review it with the, with the, the care provider. I mean, we were fortunate to, I, I, I wanted to go to all the appointments and I was able to just because of the type of work that, that we do. You know, we set our own schedule. So we were able to be at that conversation together mm-hmm. and have that conversation with our OB when we essentially shared exactly what you were saying when you like, these are the things that we prefer. Mm-hmm. And so I think that this is, again, a great opportunity for, for partners to step up and to be that support for the, the birthing person. Yeah, they have a place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Partners have a place. A very big role. <laughs> yes. We just tend to kind of sideline them, but they do. Mm-hmm. So another big thing that comes up is expectations, let's say, around how the birth itself will unfold. Um, particularly with home birth, you know, because you do to an extent have you have more control over your environment and you have say in what's going to go where or where you will physically be. So then with that, that's a beautiful thing. But I think there are also the personalities out there who get overwhelmed by that and they think, oh, well, how should the space look or what, what do I have? You know, what, what gear do I need? You know, all of that, even when their midwives or, or doulas and care providers are, are supporting them in that, like maybe the, the midwife has a kit, but still it's like, should I have the twinkle lights? Should I have food for my midwife and birth team? Like all of that could come into play. 
Um, so what are some maybe tools or tips, like things that they can have in the back pocket or that partner can be aware of to support when, you know, you thought you were going to use the birth pool and the birth pool is either not working, you didn't get it blown up in time or the water isn't the right temperature. You got the wrong valve. You know, how do we mentally pivot now when we're in the midst of potentially early labor or even active labor? And there's all sorts of things going on in the mind. You might not be in a logistical place to like figure something out. So, so what can you do to not lose your marbles (laughs) when some things, you know, aren't the way you originally thought, or like, you know, your birth plan, it's getting a little blurry. Yeah. Yeah. I always say labor is, is a head game. Mm. It's really all comes down to mindset. You could be the most physically fit person. And that really doesn't matter at the end of the day. Um, so mindset is so important in terms of preparing for birth. And what we say is, um, it's so important to stay in the zone. It's so important to, um, stay focused. And how we do that is, you know, throwing on some headphones, throwing on some hypnosis, some meditation, your favorite music, whatever that is, it does not have to be Enya or whatever her name yeah. is. It doesn't have to be that. <laughs> whatever it is that pumps you up or keeps you in the zone, that's it. So we have, we give our moms um, guided hypnosis and meditation tracks. Um, but whatever it is that's going to keep you in the zone is so important. And that's where we fell short. As soon as we had to make some type of change where Wendy will tell you she had the most perfect home birth planned. All of it was just like. I had had a, a specific essential oil blend that I directed my sister that she had to continuously fill the diffuser with. That's how exact my plan was but anyway sorry (laughs) yeah no and I wasn't that 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 planned out but her yeah hers was pretty planned out and so we weren't prepared for those little things where it's like uh, we both were actually in labor for um, 27 hours before we transferred which is weird I was exactly um, same so we weren't prepared for the like oh, you got checked and you're only, you know, six centimeters. And it's like, what do you mean? It's been 20 hours. Like Mm. all these little things or, um, you know, you can't use, you know, what you, what you had planned or all these kinds of little things. Um, And what happens we, we find is that as soon as you get out of the zone and you're not focused, that's it. That's where the anxiety comes in. That's it. You're not present anymore. And anxiety comes from, you know, worrying about the future. Um, and so you're not able to be present and just things kind of, just kind of start falling apart. Um, and that's why we say stay in the zone. That's mom's job is to stay in the zone. That's it. And her, um, partner or doula, her support team, that's their job is to kind of take care of everything else, you know, like take care of the the things that are falling apart. Dogs are barking, whatever is happening take care of that. Cause it's not mom's job, you know? Yeah. And, um, and with that, like we suggest to the, the birth preferences or the birth plan, or, you know, all of these plans that you had, um, discuss them with your entire team beforehand. So yeah. with your partner, with your husband, with your doula, midwife, everyone, and say it beforehand so that mom, all of my job is to be in the zone. And so I need you to take care of it. So, you know, God forbid we're a transfer to the hospital. Hey, husband or partner, 
I need you to handle all of the questions because I'm not going to answer anything mm-hmm. and like identify the roles of who's going to do what beforehand. Oh, that's fantastic advice. And it makes me think about, you know, both of you experienced the transfer and for somebody who is intending on a home birth, I think logically they want to put all their focus and mental energy around planning for a home birth. Mm-hmm. So how much planning and prep do you recommend that that uh, people do when they're intending a home birth, but you know, other things happen, like you just mentioned, getting transferred, the check-in process at the hospital, having a hospital bag. I mean, we've interviewed uh, families where they didn't have any sort of hospital bag plan because they were dead set on their home birth. We didn't have any bag like that plan. Mm-hmm. So what's the, what's the line, do you think, about planning for things that are outside of, of the home birth while still putting the majority of your focus on your home birth plans? Yeah. Um, I will say one thing that just popped up as you were talking, and it's like super early on, and I just wanted to mention it, is I feel like for both of us, what happened, and for a lot of moms, is you're talking to your midwife and you're planning this perfect home birth. And I just want to say this. I feel like it's important. Um, And it's the whole oh, we don't want to, what's your transfer rate? What if something happens if I get transferred and all that? Oh, we don't want to talk about that because we don't want to jinx it. Yeah. I feel like that, oh my God, I just find that such horrible advice. And I totally understand where they're coming from. And Mm -hmm. it's more of like, we want to stay positive. We don't want to focus on the negative. But man, if she only would have, that would have made such a difference if she only would have said, well, in the case of, you know, you transferring, let's talk about what that looks like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just that little bit, even my doula, it, that little bit would have made such a world of a difference. Like, no, you can't, it's not about jinxing or a negative mindset. It's about planning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Thank you for and, saying that. And same with, same with me. Um, and, and as far as the line, I feel like the line, um, you can, you can definitely over-prepare you know, for sure. Um, and you don't want to get to that point where you are, um, planning way, way too detailed, you know, but at the same time you want to plan, um, for certain, um, like large decisions or big decisions that's going to, that, that can come up in that transfer. It's better to know. So for example, I didn't know that you can actually, um, ask for a lower level of Pitocin. I thought it was just, you just get the Pitocin and Mm -hmm. that's it. So had I known that beforehand, I could have actually felt empowered to say, oh, um, yeah, no, I don't want that Pitocin. No, I don't want it at that level. I want it at this level, you know? So it's just that little added step of additional empowerment so that you know those decisions. You know, for example, Jenny knew that by law, but it's not, not by law, but it's not really law, but that the hospital protocol is only to push for a certain amount of hours. Is that evidence-based? Yeah. You know, so she knew in the hospital, like, yes, you're telling me that I can only push for four hours, but that's because you're trying to reduce your risk of liability. I know that I can push longer than that. So I'm willing to sign a waiver because I did my research and I was prepared beforehand. So just having those little instances so that once your you know, birth happens and whatever the outcome is, you'll feel a little less, um, like, guilt, I, I want to say, I don't know if it's the guilt or like that grief of like mourning that birth that you wanted, if you felt that you were empowered, even in the decisions in the hospital. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Cause there's so many things like, 
you know, you, you're going through this and I just, I experienced it as a partner. Obviously I didn't experience it as a pregnant person. Like so many things that you're thinking about and preparing for, whether your, your first intention is a hospital or a birth center or a home birth. And I, I do understand what you're saying, Jenny, this thing of like, well, we don't want to put too much energy on the what if. Yeah. We want to put a little bit of energy, but not a whole lot. And just kind of finding that balance. And so what I'm hearing is you want to get to like your own comfort level and your own sense of feeling educated and empowered. And that's going to be different for everybody. But but mm-hmm. but everybody's, you know, it's important to to have enough preparation in the different scenarios that make you feel comfortable. Like, okay, cool. I feel comfortable that if we were to go this route, then I do know some of my options and I, I do feel like myself and my birth team are all on the same page. And again, that kind of, those levels are different for everybody. Yeah, yeah. And one of the things you can do is even just kind of when you're doing your birth plan is use terms that are a little bit more flexible and that can help, you know, like instead of um, just so black and white, there's terminology that you can use to keep things a little bit more open. That doesn't just because you're open and flexible does not mean that you're, you know, that's you're preparing for a, a change or something. Yeah. It just really helps. Um, it just helps everyone. <laughs> what What are really. some examples of what you're talking about? Hmm? What are some examples of the different terminology, different ways of planning and using words that keep it open? Yeah. So when you start like kind of educating yourself on all of your options, like cord cutting and, um, you know, clamping and, um, you know, all these options that you get in, you know, artificial rupture of membranes, you know, all these kinds of things, when you start getting those options, um, you can kind of start thinking about, um, okay, so I totally lost my train of thought because there's a garbage truck that's coming by. (laughs) (laughs) Did you pick up on that, Wendy? Um, oh, yeah. So the uh, the flexible terminology would be, you know, um, instead of um, contractions, I know a lot of people use, you know, the rushes or, yeah. you know, flexible terminology so that you don't feel like you're so um, stuck to one plan, you know, or, or one option. So um, it would be, um, I'm, I'm trying to think of some off the cuff right now. Um, and it could you have- be more of this, like, I would prefer, mm. yes, okay. there okay. you go, Thank you. you know, that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, just those types of words to use. Because yeah. uh, I think a, a lot of time the birth plan, like that we said, babies don't read birth plans and people think that this is it and this is how it has to go. And yeah. it really should be called a birth preferences mm-hmm. because of that fact that it might not go as planned or as you, you would love it to go. And so changing that terminology from birth plan to birth preferences will help you be a little bit more flexible. Like these are, this is what I prefer, but it might not go to plan. And so it kind of helps you get into that mindset already of like, I have to be flexible because this isn't going to stick exactly the way that it's supposed to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there are some things um, like are super important to some people and not that important to others. So what is that for you is definitely something I would think about, you know, like, um, is cord clamping like super important to you? Um, you know, like those types of things, it's, it's just so different for everybody. Yeah. yeah. One of the um, exercises that we have our mamas do is um, before you plan you, your birth preferences um, to write out your dream birth and just journal and yeah. just take time and journal about what, if you had uh, the perfect birth, 
what would it look like? And just kind of get it all down on paper and start there first and then take that to help you navigate to plan out your birth plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause we don't, we don't want to, we never want to like go there. We always want to, you know, kind of think about, I don't want to think about it. Cause what if it doesn't go as planned? Yeah. It's like, just let go, let go, let yourself go there. Super best plan, you know, scenario. What would that look like? What time of day would it be? Where are you? Like all these kinds of things. And it's, it's hard. Our moms got super blocked and it's like, well, that can't happen because it's, you know, and it's like, okay we got to just like let go a little bit. And it's, it's so hard, but it's a really good practice. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like that. Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll talk about one of the biggest unplanned aspects of birth, particularly home birth. Yes. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, so save this one for last because it's arguably one of the biggest ones, the transfer, the big T, and the the fear that comes up around that. What are a couple of mindsets, affirmations, habits, something that uh, a mama can do when faced with that as either a possibility, like maybe it's brought up during the birth as a, you know, we could do this and they get to look look at that as, do I make this choice or not? Or if they eventually do make the choice, um, or even if it's one that's kind of made in, in the instance of a rare emergency. And, and it can also happen after birth. So it could be a postpartum transfer. Those come up as well. What, what are some things that you would leave mamas with, um, some advice and um, how they can mentally pivot with that experience? Yeah. Our, our biggest thing, like we say, is really just staying in the zone. It's just staying focused. Um, it's what happens and what happened with both of, both of us is as soon as we, um, you know, 
figured out, made the decision that we were going to transfer, um, everything changed um, in terms of two things. So for me, um, my contractions were through the roof. The pain was like tripled Mm -hmm. what it was at home Mm. completely. It was just, I felt like I was dying. And at home I was just like, Oh, I can totally handle this. And Wendy, the total opposite happened. She, her contractions completely stopped. Stopped. As soon as I stepped foot in the hospital, I stopped contracting. Yeah. So total opposite. And really what it comes down to is um, that change in environment and that change in, in, in the atmosphere. Um, it's so important, you know, and this is why you're at home, you're like comfortable, you feel like this is where I'm supposed to be. And you, you know, you're around people that you love and um, you've got the right setting, the the mood, the lighting and all that. And then boom, you are, you either, whether you're in a um, ambulance or you're just, your partner is driving you to the hospital. And now you've got all these bright lights, all these weird people asking you all these questions and <laughs> Um, it just, you know, it, we always say to, if, if you can try and actually kind of mimic the hospital, the home in the hospital, if, if that's something that you can plan for before, you know, like the music, the lighting, all of that is so important. And we did not, unfortunately, um, plan for that. Um, and again, back to like, if we would have stayed in that zone and, um, when we would have transferred and, you know, we got in, in the car, like I t- completely was like music, like what No, what is happening? I'm like in the car, literally screaming. Um, and I just completely changed. Like it was just, I was compl- somewhere else. My mindset was somewhere else. Yeah. And that's why we talk so much about planning um, for all of your options is if you are transferred um, again, women don't know that you can ask for dim lighting. Women don't know that you can ask for, you don't want people to come into the room. You don't want, you know, um, uh, student nurses. You don't want um, to be strapped to a bed. You don't want the um, internal monitor. There, these are things that, again, if we don't educate the women beforehand, they don't know what their options are. So the best way to mimic that home birth into the hospital and in that environment, because environment is so important, is to know these options. And so try to mimic that home birth by dimming the lights, bring your diffuser and your oils. If you have that specific blend that you want, you know, you, you have options. It's just women don't really, they think that they go into the hospital and they have to do what the hospital says. Mm -hmm. And so that's why our mission is to empower women to say, no, you don't, you are, you know, you have, you know, body autonomy and knowing that what you're, um, what, what you're allowed to do in the hospital. Um, and one thing that we just wanted to touch on too, because especially it's like so close to my heart, my heart, and this whole thing is about planning is women always forget to plan for postpartum yeah. and postpartum is so important and so neglected. And so we are so passionate about, you know, planning, um, you know, you don't know what to expect or how your, your postpartum journey is going to go. And so planning for, uh, interviewing a lactation consultant before you give birth so that you're not Googling at three o'clock in the morning with a crying baby, yeah. figuring out why can't, why can't they latch? And that was my experience. I'm a week postpartum. I found out my son had a tongue and a lip tie. I'm sweating profusely trying to get him to breastfeed and trying to get in with any lactation consultant that could see me the fastest. And that was the worst thing I could have done. So 
planning with your, again, with your support team, will you have a postpartum doula? Will you have, you know, what will the meal plan look like uh, eating? What will, you know, um, the cleaning look like? All of these items. And we're all about planning, planning, planning. And even if it doesn't go to plan, at least you had a plan. Right. You know, you don't know what you want until you want. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's a little, there's, there's some pivoting that happens after too, where it's like, I thought I was going to breastfeed my second because I did with my first. Oh, I didn't because my birth sucked. There was so much that went wrong with it. I was not able to mourn that birth. Um, I was focused on the, what if I would have done this differently? What it was so much guilt, embarrassment, shame and resentment that was happening with my birth that I took that. And this is what we found the the connection. I took that into motherhood. Mm -hmm. And so now my motherhood, it kind of gets me teary eyed. My motherhood experience was not what I planned for. And so there's pivoting that's like, Oh, I wanted to breastfeed before. Well, I couldn't because I had a catheter in for five weeks. So that was my number one concern is how can I get a cap? How can I get this catheter out? And my mental health was important too. So I was not able to breastfeed like I wanted to. And that's a pivot there, you know, and like, we don't see the connection with, if you can, um, you know, plan for your birth um, as, as best as you can with obviously flexibility, that guilt, you don't have to bring in that guilt, resentment, shame, and embarrassment into motherhood. And that's like the connection that we see. And Jenny, can you speak to, well, thank you for sharing that. First of all, appreciate just that, that, honesty and vulnerability Mm -hmm. and you know for the for the mother who is listening who is feeling some of those things the guilt the shame and embarrassment Mm -hmm. can you share just what's one thing that you have done for yourself to help heal through those things or help help face them um, that has been effective for you yeah well wendy had an awesome um you want to share your hypnosis yeah for me um so i had um, you know, I, I, I didn't have it as a traumatic birth as Jenny did, but I did have, you know, my challenges and I, I had to mourn the birth that I wanted, you know, uh, as far as I remember the first time I, a friend got, had a successful home birth, I cried. Hmm. I was, you know, I was a wreck and I was so why not me, you know? Hmm. And so that, that kind of is what led into like the postpartum depression anxiety. Cause I kind of sat in that you know, shame and the guilt and the why didn't it happen right for me. And for me, what saved me was hypnotherapy. Um, it was, it was incredible. Um, it's really what saved me, but I I would say first and foremost is to talk about it. Um, I remember when that, that friend had that successful home birth, I pulled the friend. I remember I was at work. I pulled the friend. I said, I need to talk to you. And I brought her outside and I said, I know this is going to sound silly, but I just have to get it out. And so I was able to actually like voice what I was feeling. And even in my, like the depression, anxiety journey, I always say like to give it a voice so that it doesn't have power over you. Mm. And so to talk about it, so that birth that you wanted, you know, that, you know, it didn't go as planned. You're having these struggles um, in your postpartum journey or just after your, your birth or, you know, talk about it, find a support team don't suffer in silence. We talk about it all the time, not suffering in silence. There are people that want to listen to you and support you, um, but you just have to speak up. Yeah. And if you don't, if you're not like a, a big talker, like I am, I would, I would say to write your birth story. Yeah. 
Um, mm. One of the best tips my midwife gave me was um, write a letter to the OB that um, that I had in, in the hospital um, that was horrible. Write a letter to her and tell her how, you know, how you're feeling. But also when you are ready, write down your birth story and what, what exactly happened. Because I feel like we just, and it could take years, mm-hmm. honestly. Yeah. It really could take years for you to feel comfortable doing that. And that's totally fine. And but- we just kind of gloss over it in the whole, at least you had a healthy baby. And yeah. it's no, it's not just, yes, of course, we, we're so thankful that we have a healthy baby. But mama's mental health matters too. And grieving the birth that you wanted is still is so important to that mental health. And so, and it's okay to feel that guilt and shame you know, and kind of grieve through that process. And, and, you know, that best way is, you know, definitely to write down your birth plan and talk to people. Yeah. There are so many great takeaways from this conversation. Is there something else you were going to add, Matthew? Yeah. I had just one, one final question. So many of the things that you're talking about today are, they're all fantastic. And a lot of them require proactivity and taking initiative. What, what tips or advice do you have for the person who? is not typically proactive in these things and who taking initiative is, is challenging and uncomfortable. Um, what do you, what do you say to them to help them get to that, that first step? Do you have any tips, Wendy? I would leave that to you because I'm a very proactive person. You know what I was going to say is as you were talking in my head, I'm like, well, I don't know. Cause we don't work with like a lot of women like that. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> And we're both like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think we both have, I do think it takes a certain personality to, uh, to stand up and, you know, and, and, um, you know, I don't know, just want to yeah. learn more, be open and flexible. Yeah. We find we, and we run across moms because obviously childbirth education is very important to us. And we run across moms that are like, no, I'm just going to wing it. Yeah. Okay. You, you know, if that's, if that's how you want to approach it, you know, more power to you is totally good. It, 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 not everybody's meant for planning it out, you know, and it's not every single personality. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for, for sure at the minimum, take a childbirth course, not a hospital course, please, for the love of God, don't take a hospital course, you know, cause they're going to teach you based on what their preferences are. Yeah. Um, and so like at the minimum, take a childbirth course. And I, I feel like women don't realize the value in just that small piece. Um, but that would be, I guess the, for anyone who's not very proactive, we would recommend that. Yeah. And actually I just posted this the other day. Um, I think I have it right here actually. Um, watch this movie right here. Yeah, oh, yeah, that'll get go. some things going. Yeah, for sure. sure. You guys have talked about that before, but I still get people are like, who is that? And what? Ricky Lake? What does oh, Ricky yeah. Lake have yeah. to do with birth? Yeah. <laughs> yep. um, this opened up my eyes. Um, this, I watched this with my first sons. Um, so the eight-year-old, I still did not a hundred percent go, you know, um, I didn't really, um, probably do as much as I probably should have, but that opened my up, opened up my eyes for sure. And started making me question, Hmm, there's something here. Let me research this a little bit more. Mm -hmm. So anything that could help you, um, just be open-minded, I think would be helpful. Great. Yeah. 
And for anyone who was just listening and wasn't watching the YouTube video, the video Jenny was holding up was the business of being oh, born. Yeah. Oh yeah. Which is it comes up so often. The gateway. No, yeah, it's home that birth number for many. one documentary that that get people thinking in a different way. So wonderful. Thank you for both for those tips. Mm-hmm. I want to do a, a quick summary here just to recap. And, you know, when we, when I share this and post this, I'm going to put that in there as well. But we talked about some of the biggest shifts that could potentially come up, which is changing care provider elements of the birth that could be different than what you thought and then a transfer. And what I really heard, th- there are nuances to each of these, but the, the main point that I heard when it comes to changing care provider, utilizing your resources. So getting those referrals, having conversations with people and utilizing support groups, um, the elements of birth when those kind of might go sideways, staying in the zone and staying focused. And that could also carry over to that transfer. But with that, I really heard to help you when that pivot comes, plan ahead of time, do the planning. But I like what you said, plan with flexibility. I really Mm -hmm. like that. There's something about that that really connects with me personally as I think about future births. But then I think for others who who could get with that uh, mindset, plan with flexibility, I think is, is awesome. And then along the way, you know, it's been our experience and I heard as well, partner's role along the way in all of those things can be so crucial so that mom can stay in the zone and so that if the environment does shift mom can stay in the zone and partner can advocate or doula or whomever else is is there and able to come along you know can can be the voice when you've got work to do when you need to stay focused so um so so great i know there's a lot of aha moments going on right now for those watching or listening i know there's a lot of notes probably being taken um things that are going to be followed up on conversations that are going to be had preference documents that are going to be made there's going to be some google docs (laughs) made out of this one i know (laughs) and that just makes me so happy that's um Yes. And so it makes me happy that we had this conversation, that you two are doing what you're doing, that pure motherhood is there for people to connect with. So let's wrap up with sharing how people can find that and find you all. Yeah. So we, we love to hang out on Instagram. That's, that's our jam there. So um, it's at pure motherhood co. So C O um, and our website is www.puremotherhood dot co not dot com we were trying to be trendy and i don't think it worked but <laughs> dot co got it <laughs> that's where we hang out yeah awesome. awesome all right well everyone go check that out jenny and wendy thank you so much we really appreciate you yes thank you both thank, thank you. you so much for having us we had a good time Quick note about the Doing It at Home podcast. Matthew and I are not doctors or medical professionals, and nothing we say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. If you have medical or health-related questions, please take them to a trained professional. We're here simply to entertain you with stories and conversations about pregnancy, birth, and parenthood. Does your father know you're listening to this podcast? Well, when you're done, why don't you stop by and check out a show that is 100% dad-approved. Datages. Hi there, I'm Chad Higgle. If you're looking for useful insights and practical advice you can actually apply to work, family, education, philanthropy, and just life in general, check out Datages. That's D A D A G E S, wherever you listen to your podcasts.